Good afternoon, Lee. Hey, Karen. How are you? Doing good. Good, good. He does here. Hi, Kita. She's uh in the other room right now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she was wanting to <clears throat> talk to you about that music for y'all's meetings or something. Oh, okay. Having a little timer thing. What'd you say? I'm not centered. Um, okay. Did you go live already? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, Andre. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, lady, how you doing? Hi, Lakita. Happy hey, Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. So I want... I want, okay, I want to um to have a cover picture like that, like you have for for our stuff too. Okay. And the music, okay. not that music, but you know. Yeah, right. Okay. That's how I want us to come up. Okay. How you okay. doing? I'm good. I was sleepy. I took a nap um after service. <laughs> good thing yeah. is you didn't have to drive to get to your nap. I know, right? <laughs> I was. <laughs> Truth be told, I started napping during service. <laughs> oh, remember you live now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. I, I I took a better nap after. That's when I pulled the cover up over me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Okay, we're going to wait a couple more minutes and see if anybody else jumps on before we get started. Mm -hmm. How's you all Sabbath day been? It's been pretty cool. You know, I was just thinking about the fact that we've been here for class every Sabbath and I thought, well, nobody can really go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's been an interesting afternoon program they're going to have at four. What'd you say? I said that sounds like an interesting afternoon program the conference has at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it uh, will race. be. Yeah. I think it will be. I didn't recognize yeah. the people on the poster. Oh really? Oh yeah, okay. different people, the mayor of some city and some other people. Mm -hmm. Different community leaders, I think. Mm -hmm. That'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah, it should be very interesting. All right, I see Paul has joined. Hello, good to see you all. Hi, Paul. Hi, uh, Bishop. Hey, Teresa. Hello. Hey, Hi, Teresa. I'm not on the phone by myself. just got back from my nature walk, pushing dairy oh. in the neighborhood. We're not eating our supper. Huh. Okay. It might be uh, one of the other... Um, That might be one of the other um, websites that's still up. Yeah, he was saying he can hear music. <laughs> but uh, I don't hear it, but he can hear it. Okay, well guys, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, it's kind of a long chapter today, so. Um, and we won't go through every single thing, just. 
talk about the, some of the stories and then some of the principles behind the stories. Uh, today we're studying uh, in the book Testimonies for the Church, volume one, chapter 65. And if you guys want to share right now, um, go ahead and do that. And I'm going to share mine. Well, we actually open up for prayer. I'm going to share mine. One more place. Sharing the page. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Lakita, you want to give us an opening prayer? Yes, I will. Thank you. Okay. Most honorable Father, we are just so grateful for another Sabbath day. Um, making it to another Sabbath day, Lord, says that you kept us from the COVID virus. You have kept us uh, safe, dear Lord, from hurt, harm, and danger. And we just praise your holy name. So as we study your word, Lord, help us to, to write your word on our hearts and on our minds. We open our minds up to the unction of the spirit of Jesus, that we may understand, Lord, and that we may hear and share your word. But most of us, that we will be saved in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. So the thing about what we're studying in testimonies for this church is that um, a lot of times in the chapters that we've been reading, it's uh, stories dealing with particular places, uh, particular cities or particular people. But there are principles that can be gleaned from um, the writings uh, about uh, these particular cities or particular churches. And we know that um, we are living in the last days and we know that we are the church of Laodicea, which is uh, poor, blind, naked, wretched and miserable and in need of nothing. And so I think that this counsel that is given is apropos in many instances to either some of us or some of the churches that we are familiar with, or even perhaps it's sometimes even our own church. And so uh, I think that uh, we can certainly learn, even though she was writing uh, in this case back in 1861. Um, and uh, the title of this chapter is, uh, she's dealing with Northern Wisconsin, which um, she doesn't specifically state which cities she's dealing with here, uh, but Northern Wisconsin. And again, she was writing in August of 1861 and um, she indicated that at that time, different churches and families were presented to her uh, and uh, that the different interests that have been exerted and their discouraging results were shown to her. And uh, I'm not sure if this was shown to her through vision or shown to her through a dream or actually 
revealed to her as it was playing out or what exactly. Um, but since this chapter is dealing a lot with her visions, it could be that this was shown to her in vision. Um, and um, she talks about how in the first paragraph, how Satan had used certain individuals who professed to believe just a part of the truth while they were against another part of the truth. And he was using them so that he could successfully win those um, who were weak in the faith or confused about the faith or unsure about their faith. And that um, she even states that the enemy is able to use those more easily and better who believe part of the truth, but then disagree with the other part of the truth um, than those who just all out just are against, you know, everything that, that, that we believe in. And um, she said that his, that his manner of bringing in error through these partial believers to the truth ended up deceiving many more than if it was just outright, um, you know, disagreement with the truth uh, on all points and that this had deceived, distracted, and scattered many from their faith. Um, and she was indicating that this was the cause of, I guess, just some divisions in, in Northern Wisconsin. Um, for instance, some part of them um, received uh, the Sabbath message while they rejected the third angel's message. And so um, effectively, then they didn't believe the whole Bible to be true. And they convinced other people against the third angel's message. And uh, but then yet they claim to be um, believers, quote unquote, when they really they weren't. And, and, you know, we know that the enemy uh, his best tactic is to mix truth with error. And so he was doing that same thing in the church with believers who believe some part of the truth, but not all of the truth, and using that to divide the church in this area. Um, but she says that then these that don't believe all the truth bring others and labor, they work at it to bring others into the same darkness as themselves. And they, they have an independent faith of their own. And then they are allowed to have influence when they should not even be given a place in the church. And I'm assuming that these people had certain church offices and that's why they were able to have the influence that they had, um, notwithstanding the fact that they were pretending um, belief and they were, they were rubbing elbows with those who who believed the entire message. Um, anybody have any comments on that? I think one of the comment, uh, one comment I wanted to make was a lot of problems seem to start with half-hearted belief, you know, because if the devil can get you to doubt any part of the word, then your next step is going to be to, to doubt God even exists and to, and to doubt that he is God, in fact. So we have to be careful that people who say, yeah, I believe this part, but not that part. We don't want to just let them continue in that vein because they only go uh, down, so to speak. 
but it's an obligation. We had to pray for them and counsel with them and point them to the to the biblical truths in the scripture. Otherwise, they'll go down and then they'll drag the rest, they'll drag others down with them just from believing half a truth. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that she she brought out the fact that some believe the Sabbath message, and we know that the Sabbath message is going to be the testing truth for our time. So they believe that, but yet they didn't believe the third angel's message. Anybody want to tell me what the third angel's message is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Karen. The third angel's message is to fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. That's the first angel's message. What's the third angel's message? Oh, well, I don't know that one. Well, <laughs> second and third all together. The first one says, fear God and give glory to him. The second one says, uh, come out of Babylon or stop believing all the lies being told. And then the third one, not to receive the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um and we, know, and we know that some people are going to receive the image of the beast because of the things that they believe and the things that they, the choices that they make. And so um, not only are we counseled to worship the true creator God, we're told to come out of confusion, out of those churches that have apostatized, out of, out of partial truth. And then also to... Um, not receive the mark of the beast. And um, so, and, 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 and the interesting thing about it is, is that this was not just simply some outside writings that, they, that these people were choosing not to believe. This was from the word of God, straight from the word of God. And they chose not to believe. And this chapter is dealing a lot with her visions and the people that just didn't believe in the visions, hadn't, had never even seen them or seen her in vision, but didn't believe in them. But their belief started with disbelief in, you know, the third angel's message and a section of the Bible. Our seventh uh, lesson brought out some good points about what you do when you run into difficult text or different mm-hmm. things to believe, not to just give up and say, oh, it's not true, but to mm-hmm. pray and study and ask mm-hmm. to reveal the truth to you and what these people weren't, they didn't want to do that because they were kind of getting a little bit of publicity from being different from others. And they had their own thoughts that they wanted to press and uh, influence people with. So uh, mm-hmm. when we come up against something that we're not sure about or don't really believe, then it's, it's on us. It's our responsibility to pray, ask for direction and to study more about it to make mm-hmm. sure of where God's leading us. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's, that's good. And in the second paragraph, she talks about how the present truth is not difficult to understand. You just mentioned difficult scriptures, Lee, mm-hmm. difficult passages in the Bible. She said it's not difficult to be understood. And that the people that God is leading will be unified under um, this broad, firm platform of, of truth. And she says he will not use individuals of different faith, opinions, and views to scatter and divide the flock. Heaven and holy angels are working to unite and to bring into unity of the faith. 
bring into the unity of the faith and into the one body. So, um, you know, they didn't even have to go so far as to try to understand difficult passages because she said it's not difficult to understand. And, you know, it's interesting because when you look at the, uh, well, the Sabbath message, a lot of people just have not understood stood, stood what it means because they've never just read the plain language of it. Um, other people, you know, um, honestly, there's a lot of people that have heard about the Sabbath from family and friends and they have some acquaintanceship with the Sabbath, but they just choose not to honor it. And that that's different, you know. Yeah. And they just go ahead. Yeah, what I was what I was pointing out was that there's a lot of reasons why people disbelieve things. Uh not just that the scriptures are difficult, but sometimes uh just like belief in the testimonies or the third angel message or the visions, that's what she's talking about. They might not believe in that, but they shouldn't just give up because, you know, and say, I don't understand it, so it must be wrong. That's not true. You mm-hmm. say, I don't understand it. Let me pray and study on it, and mm-hmm. God leads me. So it's mm-hmm. not scriptures, but it could be any kind of uh, belief. Right, right. I think about um, some people saying, well, I don't believe that the earth is round because I've never actually been out in space and seen the curvature of the earth, you know? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that just because they haven't seen it, that it's not truth. Right. You know? Um, let's see. Let's go on down. At the bottom of that second paragraph, she says that Jesus designed that the faith of his people should be one. And if one goes forth preaching one thing and another something different, and then someone else preaching something different somewhere else, how can those who believe through their word be one? There will be differences of sentiments. And so um, you can't have one person teaching one thing as truth, another person teaching another thing as truth, another person teaching another thing as truth, and then expect them to be able to come together on 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 the the, the important points of salvation. I do recall that happening too a few times, where a person doesn't agree with maybe doesn't agree with the pastor or whatever, and they mm-hmm. start their own group and. Mm-hmm. You know, they're preaching one thing and still claiming that they're a seven day Adventist, and then the pastor or the church is preaching something else. And it just mm-hmm. a lot of confusion because I've had people come to me and ask, What's going on? Why does this person say that? And the other one say something different. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to point people back to the scriptures to say, God has promised to open your eyes if you want to know the truth. Ask mm-hmm. and study on it and find out for yourself. We can't trust we can't believe each other none of us can take the other one to heaven we have to learn right. to live in the word of god and have our own relationship with him right and we've seen some of those fractional groups in the church uh, offshoots from the church that were teaching a different message i remember when general conference was here and there was a group that I'm not going to name them, but there was a group that was outside of the uh, convention center and they were basically um, trying to lead people away from the message as we know it as Seventh-day Adventists, the whole message as we know it as Seventh-day Adventists. Um, 
there was also uh, David Koresh, who was a former, I'm going to say former Adventist, uh, but uh, he developed his own following and led people astray. And we know what happened with that whole situation. And so um, we know that uh, God is looking to unite people with his word, with his will. Uh, and the Bible says one Lord, one faith, one baptism, not, not several schisms. And we also know that when we talk about the body of Christ, we are talking about a, 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 a harmonious action between the head and the eyes and the ears and the hands and the feet and all of that uh, so that it can function as God intended it to function and not, okay, the eyes are off over here somewhere and the, the mouth is off over here somewhere and the ears are, you know, <laughs> over here somewhere. And so we know that God is a God who, who desires the unification of his church in the process of sanctifying us. I think that's a good example you gave uh, about the different groups, uh, what we sometimes call offshoots, mm -hmm. or once members of the church, and then they found that they didn't believe the entire message, so to speak, or they had a difference of opinion, and it's coming together in unity with the Holy Spirit's presence. They decide to go out and form their own group, and it's a lot of underlying reasons why somebody would do that. It's not that they disagree with something. Uh, there are some other reasons why a person might decide to go that route as opposed to studying to find the real truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but I, I think that you could safely say that the biggest reason is because the Lord of Heaven's armies is not their leader, you know? <laughs> it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, going on down to the third paragraph, she says that she saw that if the Lord's people in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, is where she's talking about, would prosper, that they must take a decided position in regard to these these divisions and these people that were that were rubbing elbows with the true believers, I'll just put it like that, those that believe the entire message, and that um, they have to cut off the influence of those who were causing the distraction and division by teaching those things that were contrary to the body as a whole. And she says, such are, are wandering stars, they seem to emit a little light, they profess and carry along a little truth and thus deceive the inexperienced. And um, so we know that, that um, there are many in the church, we know that there are many different levels of um, understanding for people in the church because we know that people are at different points in their Christian walk. And we know that you're gonna have some that are mature Christians, and then you're gonna have those that are babes in Christ. Um, maybe because they were new converts, maybe because they just, they might've grown up in the church, but they never had that personal relationship with Christ that, uh, that some, other, some others in the church have had. And, and, and so they're, they're, they're taking their fledgling steps, so to speak. And so um, these people that were causing the division 
basically preyed on those people that that um, were uncertain and unsure of their walk. That's she, reasons I think when you have a person who is causing division and refuses to follow sound counsel or pray for enlightenment or anything, they just want to stick by their wrong beliefs. That is uh, is responsibility of the church to let them know that you're not going to allow that because you're uh, leading other members away from the truth of God's word. And sometimes we say, no, let's just, you know, just let them say what they want. That's not a good thing all the time. You know, you're allowing lies to be spread in God's name. And, and sometimes you just have to tell people, you know, if you don't agree with what we agree with as a church family and you refuse to study about it, or ask for enlightenment, then you know maybe you might have to uh, look elsewhere for what you believe in. But mm-hmm. it's real tough and hard. But sometimes you have to take those steps just to protect the ones who are inexperienced and new in the church from being led astray. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that um, a lot of times, you know. Oh, well, as I said earlier, I think some of these people were in offices in the church. And so that's how they were able to exert their influence in the man. Sorry, I had a call coming in. Sorry about that. Um, Percy, is that you? Yeah, I was going to say something in reference to it as well, uh, because the the um, that particular paragraph opened up and it said, I saw that in, if God's people in Wisconsin would prosper, they must take a decided position in regard to these things. In other words, it can't just be uh, the pastor, uh, the church at large, those who are truly influenced through the spirit of the Holy Ghost and are engaged in, in studying the truth, they have to take a stand. And, and as Lee said earlier, yeah, sometimes that's hard, but the reality is, is that there are babes, as you said earlier, that are in the church and who are easily influenced because they have not received uh, enough nutrient or nourishment to uh, assist them in progressing. And so when you're looking at it from that perspective, yes, we have to uh, take that stand and, and continue to teach the truth. But as we studied even earlier today, truth has to come through the determination and patience of studying God's word, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And and we know uh, that the Bible says that um, we are sanctified by the truth. And so... Uh, And she says in this uh, third paragraph at the bottom, she says, the oneness and unity of God's truth-believing remnant people carries powerful conviction to the world that they have the truth Mm -hmm. and are the peculiar chosen people of God. This oneness and unity disconcerts the enemy, and he is determined that it shall not exist. Mm -hmm. The present truth believed in the heart and exemplified in the life makes God's people one and gives them a powerful influence. And so, you know, basically to me that's saying, you know, if you are 
not only talking the talk, but walking the walk, and you are um, uh, making that effort and attempt through the Holy Spirit to become one with others who are walking the walk, that is a powerful influence on other people. And an influence for right and an influence for good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see, she says in the next paragraph, which is paragraph 327.2, at the bottom of that paragraph, she says, if all had sought to be in union with the body, the fanaticism, which had brought in so deep a stain upon the cause of present truth in Northern Wisconsin would not have arisen. And that um, it is the result of the drawing off of those, those partial believers from the body and seeking themselves to have an, in, an original and independent faith, regardless of the faith of the body. You know, sometimes don't you just want to say to people when they disagree with you, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want to do over there, you know, <laughs> but not in here, you know. Uh, you know, you know, you, you know, have can, you ever had somebody come to your house and they want, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw up this example. It's just an example. They want to smoke in your house, but they know the rule in your house is you can't smoke in my house. And they want to come and smoke in your house. You say, well, you can smoke anywhere else you want to out there, but you can't smoke in my house. But then they want to come in your house and start talking bad about you because they can't smoke in your house. <laughs> but you know, um, Ken, this is a, a difficult subject right here. This doesn't really involve an open sin against the church. And the Bible says that the wheat and the tares grow together. So when you talk about, you know, um, people coming in and, and trying to add to or take away from the message and lead up people to believe as they lead, it's a it's kind of a hard call on what to do. That you know, and, and that kind of thing could literally split a church up. Mm-hmm. It can really yeah. church. But 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 we know that God is not about that kind of schism and he's not about that kind of confusion. And so I think that I think that you're right, Lakita, in terms of letting the wheat and tear grow together. But when it comes to the point of the tear influencing the wheat and leading the wheat off down dark paths. I think that that's where she's saying you got to kind of draw a line. And, yeah. You and, know, I, well, do, not only, well, I do agree. It just seems it's like a, it's a hard, if I, as I think about it in my mind and you think about someone that you may like, they may be your personal friend and the church may have to discipline that person in some kind of way you know, then you have, you know, I may be like, well, wait a minute, that you know, so and so did this, y'all didn't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All some major problems, even in trying to correct that problem, can cause even some more problems. Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say, Percy? Yeah, I was gonna say, even in regard to that, as we are talking about the weed and the chairs growing together, uh, as she stated earlier, it is dependent upon the body who are who are in sync with God's word to not only live that example but to continue to teach it but even greater than just living and teaching it 
even as it comes to the place of discipline. Discipline was never meant to put the person out of the church, but it was meant to uh, direct the, the uh, where they're going and help them to grow from the wrong direction that they're growing in by allowing us to reach out and pull them back in. And yes, it's a very difficult thing. It's a hard thing. But in the midst of when somebody has blatantly done wrong, I believe, and it's just me, because uh, I can't speak for everybody else, but I believe that it's at that point that the Holy Spirit literally begins to reveal to that individual the wrong that they have done and that they begin to see it. And there's two things that happen. Either they begin to accept it or they truly just leave, you know, uh, hence why the weakness tear grows. Either that, that tear is going to get so much because you get the real good thing about it is, is that evil is not going to abide too long in the presence of God. God is going to, he's going to overcome them and they're, they are going to leave. Um, so uh, yes, it's a hard it's a hard thing, but it, it's the reality of, of the church having to stay firm according to the principles and laws of God. Just to add on to that, we can't be apathetic when it comes to these matters. It said, "Had professed Sabbath keepers in Wisconsin earnestly sought and labored to be in uh-huh. union with prayer with the prayer of Christ. You know, to be one, even as." and his father won, Satan's work would have been defeated. So mm-hmm. we could back and be in a neutral position. We had to make a decided stand in regards to these situations for the church yeah. to stay strong. Yeah, and obviously some of these people were not seeking for truth. They were seeking for influence and they were seeking to have, to, to gain followers of themselves, I'll put it like that. Uh, they were not seeking to gain followers of Christ. And so I, I think uh, one of you all mentioned there were some other things going on here too. I mean, obviously there was some ego egotism going on and maybe even a little mental illness going on and, and different, uh, Lakita is the one that can tell us about, what is it, the DSM? Uh, <laughs> diagnoses huh <laughs> right <laughs> going on there but um yeah and so um they were not seeking unity they were not seeking oneness and they were not seeking truth they were seeking to have people believe them and to follow them yeah i think one thing it it takes uh responsible people to to be in leadership at a church because you do have tough decisions to make along with the church family, you have to pray and discuss and talk about what's going on and what's best for the church. And then you do have to just finally make a resolute decision to take action, whatever it may be. Can you imagine if God didn't take action in heaven when Lucifer was telling falsehoods around? What if, Mm -hmm. well, we're just going to leave him alone and And see what happens. (laughs) No, he took a decided stand and because of mm-hmm. his decided stand, we now have opportunity for eternal life. So decisions can be hard, but sometimes they just have to be made. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, it, it's interesting that you brought that up because God really 
gave Satan every opportunity to turn around, you know, before it even, before his, his activities and behavior even blossomed into sin. God gave him every opportunity to turn around and to repent and he just refused to. And, and, and at that point, you know, you said God had to take the reins back. Um, the next paragraph, paragraph 327.3, she talks, she starts talking about the visions that she was given at Battle Creek and that um, there were some who um, doubted the visions the others had no opposition, but they didn't want to take a decided stand in regard to them. Some were skeptical and they had sufficient cause to make them so. And, 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 and she goes into that cause being that there were fake, fake visionaries. I'll put it like that. <laughs> fake visionaries who had claimed to have visions. And those things were, I guess, spurious and the things that they related were spurious. And so, um, so, so, you know, they had, some of the members had reason to be skeptical and reason to be doubtful. You know, Andre always likes to say, um, the way you, uh, you know, from working at banks and things, the way that you determine uh, a real uh, U.S. currency, I mean, I'm sorry, the way that you determine fake U.S. currency is to compare it with the real and the genuine. And that's how you determine that it's fake. Well, apparently many of these people, um, the false visions and fanatical exercises and the, and the wretched fruits that had followed them had an influence upon the cause because there were people that had not seen the genuine. They did not know what the genuine looked like and they did not know the fruits of the genuine. And so they saw this false stuff going on and people claiming to have these visions from God. And this is what God told me. And actually, you know, we know that that's going to happen again in the last days, but actually it's going to be even worse because there are going to be evil angels that are going to be impersonating people and saying things against the word of God and against the Bible and all sorts of things. So um, that was, that was, you know, part of the problem that they had in, in, in Wisconsin. And so um, obviously that would tend to make you say, okay, wait a minute, what, what, what should I believe? Is all of this from God? Is none of it from God? Is some of it from God? And how do I know what's from God and what's not from God, you know? And she says uh, down the bottom of that, that paragraph, she says, there should be no trial of labor with those who have never seen the individual having visions and who have had no personal knowledge of the influence of the visions. She says, such should not be deprived of the benefits and privileges of the church if their Christian course is otherwise correct and they have formed a good Christian character. So she's basically saying that those ones that are skeptical because of the fact that they've seen all this false activity going on so they don't know what to think of the truth she says you know just just let them continue in the church because they they have they have just cause to be skeptical under the circumstances but um that um don't deprive them of the privileges and benefits of the church then now that's a different class than those who were exerting an influence for evil to draw people out and away from the church and and were 
basically on the campaign trail against the true visions that that that's a different class and um Um, the next paragraph, anybody, anybody, anybody have any comments on that? Well, also when you're, you're looking at it, uh, from that perspective, also, you got to remember that each and every individual is brought in for a specific purpose. And so their talents, their, their gifts, uh, even though they may not have, uh, been recognized at this point is still vital to the movement of, of God's word. And so, like you said, you gotta be able to, and, and these things are spiritually discerned. You gotta be mm -hmm. able to look beyond uh, the skepticism and understand that there, it's very hard. Satan is very uh, very powerful in his, his ability to deceive. But God Absolutely. says that if we stand firm, those of his, his people stand firm on the principles and and truth that eventually you it will win out and so we just we just can't become dissatisfied we got to continue to bathe them in 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 the truth you know and it yes it's hard mm -hmm. yeah and 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 you know she, it, her whole point was that you know just because there were fake visions going on in the church and just because there were these counter uh, Christ um, uh, people that were trying, uh, counter truth, I'll put it like that, people trying to draw people away from the truth, that that should not be a reason um, for the church to just give up. And so she said, God has placed gifts in the church that the church may be benefited by them. And when professed yeah. believers in the tr truth oppose these truths and fight against the visions, souls are in danger through their influence. And it is time then to labor with them that the weak may not be led astray by their influence. And she doesn't really define what labor with them means, but uh, you know, as, as one of, as I think you said, Percy, it's difficult to, uh, when, you, when it comes time to dealing with people who are not, um, not following the, the, the tenets of the church, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I even think about the sermon uh, this morning from Pastor Doggett and, the onset of beginning the mission or the ministry of Madison. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't profess to have been there when all that transpired, but I, I imagine that that had to be a difficult time uh, for him to be able to, especially as a pastor, uh, because at that part, they probably thought he was crazy, you know, but the blessing that came forth by him standing and those who stood with him, you now have the Madison mission uh, ministry. So uh, deciphering, you know, that, that stuff is spiritually discerned. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, she talks about, you know, it's very hard for God's God's servants to labor in this city because of the class of self-righteous, talkative, unruly ones. And we talked about the fact that it wasn't simply uh, that they disbelieved the truth. There were some other things going on. And now she's starting to name some of those things. They were self-righteous, talkative, unruly, um, and, and have stood in the way of the, of the work of God. 
And if received mm. into the church, they would literally tear it to pieces. Yes. And so that's interesting because, you know, generally when we have someone, or I'll say nowadays, in my experience, when we have someone that says they want to get baptized, um, you know, we, we have those series of questions that we ask them. Um, sometimes, you know, we, they should they should have gone through Bible studies and Bible lessons. But not all of them have, and not all of them have completed them, and that kind of thing. And so then you have uh, the question is, well, should we baptize them or not? Um, I remember at one point, we had a situation where there was a couple living together, and one of them wanted to get baptized. And the question was, well, should we baptize that person? Mm. What do you guys think about that? I don't know, Karen, because it was a time when you um, would not have baptized them because you can't, you know, the whole thing. Okay, so as I think about it, the whole issue with baptism is that I acknowledge um, that God's and accept God's salvation and I'm turning away from sin. So I'm not going to get baptized in sin, you know, so it's still a sin. So again, as we said earlier, a hard decision has to be made. And, and that person mm -hmm. have to make the decision to move on, separate, or go ahead and get married, you know, uh, if they're going to follow Christ. Because you have, you know, God says, follow me. That means do it. I do it and do what I tell you. Mm hmm Hi. You have to be careful that sometimes that's just a uh, a symptom of more problems down the road. If a person's doing wrong and refuse to repent and they still want to join the church, they still want the benefits of church membership or be under the banner of Christ. But like it says also, those type people might end up tearing the church up because they're selfish. They don't want to follow rules. They're lawless in other ways and god gives us discernment if we listen to his holy spirit to know that this is not what we want to this is not the decision we want to make at this point so let's make a different decision based on god's grace because everybody that wants to join the church uh doesn't have sincere uh sincere heart reasons for it there's like we talked about with people wanting to start their own group there's a lot of underlying reasons that you might not know why people are doing things at this point. And again, only through the grace of God as he leads us through his Holy Spirit will we avoid a lot of problems uh, that we that we could avoid if we just listen. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody on the phone had a comment? Yes, this is Paula. Isn't oh, that hi, Paula. when the pastor, hi, hi guys. Isn't that when the pastor's supposed to step in and give private counseling and then that once that person, you know, they kind of set things out and explain things one-on-one -on -one to that person. And then that person needs to make a decision whether or not they're going to stay in that situation mm -hmm. or give it up and then be baptized. But the pastor needs to make it clear that you can't be baptized under these circumstances and the reasons why, you know, mm -hmm. backed by scripture and given with compassion. 
Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's probably a good approach. Um, it's just that this particular pastor brought it to the board uh, for, for, I guess, uh, consideration of what should be done in that case. And so, yeah, I think that ultimately the pastor is the one that talked to the person. Um, but I guess he wanted some counsel and advice from the board at that time. I think to be open to the fact that maybe this person's not, uh, maybe there's no pastor in the church. It might be the elders. Maybe they're just talking to you personally about what they should do. So as Christians, we all have to be open to the Holy Spirit's leading. And as we um, talked about earlier in Sabbath school, be able to give a reason for why we believe what we believe out of of the Holy Bible. So uh, maybe they're just asking you as their friend, hey, I'm, I'm living with this person. Uh, do you think I can get baptized? And there's your opportunity to witness for the truth of God's word. So, okay, mm-hmm. as, as the pastor is, all of us, all of us have opportunities sometime to mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's also an opportunity for, even if you don't have the direct answer at that point in time, as we studied in our Sabbath school lesson earlier today, that's that, that's that moment, that opportunity that you can say, you know what, let's, let's pray about this and let's study it. Because you may not absolutely know the answer, but the answer certainly is in the word of God. And, and, and if we come together, even if it's a friend or if it's just a stranger, if we come together in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit's job to lead us into all truths. And if that person is actually sincere about joining, about becoming a Christian, then they're more apt and and ready to open up the word of God and see what God's leading is. It kind of hits on some of that in the next paragraph too, Karen. Go ahead, uh, Lee, which, 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 um, uh, the paragraph, uh, 329.2. Oh, okay. It's on there. Okay, go ahead. What what part were you going to comment about? Uh, where Brother G sought to move with great caution. He knew the class who opposed the visions were wrong, that they were not genuine believers, and therefore he proposed to receive none in the church who didn't believe Third Angel's message and vision, which kept out some people who had not fought against the vision, and they dared not join with the church. So you do have to make some tough decisions, but you have to think about the impact that it may have on your church family also, but Mm -hmm. things uh, through God's grace do what, what thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And then um, I think the next paragraph, she's really just dealing with the case of an individual uh, woman who just was strongly prejudiced against Sister White and, and Elder White and, and strongly opposed the visions and um, had led her to love and cherish every lying report in regard to them and the visions. And she had communicated this to another individual in the church and they had a bitter spirit of war against her when they had no actual knowledge of, no personal knowledge of Sister White or her husband or uh, nor were they acquainted with her efforts in the church, nor were they even acquainted with the visions. 
and yet they just they cherish the spirit of 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 prejudice and evilness against them and against the visions and seemingly based on this paragraph for no reason uh, and that's when we're just dealing with you know people who are just under the influence of satan to begin with and so anything that they can do to counteract the work of christ that's what their their leader will lead them to do and then she goes on to talk about the, 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 the lady that was influenced by this first lady, Sister H, and that she has despised the visions and has related hearsay reports. So not only has she despised the visions, but she's, she's, she's spreading rumors and things about uh, Sister White and about the, uh, the visions. And she had no personal acquaintance with, with her or with the visions. And yet it says she has united with unconsecrated ones to exert a strong influence against her. You know, it's interesting that 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 um, people with the same evil spirit seem to find other people with that same evil spirit, <laughs> you know, and they join up together. And, and, and then you have them working in concert against whoever they are, you know, against but they seem to find one another. By the same token, God's people seem to find one another also. And we, thankfully, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. A little farther down, she points out this person that she was talking about was exalted in her own estimation. Mm -hmm. What leads mm -hmm. people astray. Mm -hmm. uh, like mm -hmm. the, uh, Aaron them asked Moses, you think uh, too highly of yourself? Well, there's... Mm -hmm who do think too highly of themselves so much mm -hmm. that they go out looking for people to follow. Right. Right. And um, then she says in the next paragraph, paragraph 330.2, she says that many of the, these people don't know what they're doing and they unite their influence with Satan's forces and aid him in his work. And they manifest great zeal and earnestness in their blind opposition, as though they were verily doing God's service by fighting against these visions. And so, and she says, all who desire to do so can acquaint themselves with the fruit of these visions. And we know that the word says that by their fruits shall ye know them. And if if the fruit is a dividing and, and, and tearing down effect, we know that's not from God. And confusion brings confusion and division and all of that. We know it's not from God. But if it exerts an influence of holiness and unifying the people and, 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 and that lines up with the truths in the word of God, then we know that they can be relied upon. But she says that these people didn't know what they were doing, some of them. And, but she says, though, that in the middle of that paragraph, she says, all who desire to do so can acquaint themselves with the fruits of these visions. And she indicated that God had been giving her visions for 17 years and had seen fit to let them survive and strengthen against the opposition of Satan's forces. So even though a lot of people in the church, I mean, at that time, you know, there were a lot of people that were just prejudiced against her as a female, first of all, in the church. Um, and you know, this was before women had the right to vote and all of that stuff. So they were just prejudiced against her. And then, uh, on top of that, then, you know, you had the ones that were, that were 
outright just fighting fighting because they they were living on the devil's ground so um you had a lot of things going on there that were that were against her and then she says in the next paragraph there were other women who were at war with the truth um so that that's different from those who didn't know what they were doing they were just pawns in the hands of satan versus those who just were at war with the truth Sometimes Lakita and I will talk about going on. And one thing that's very true is that human beings are so varied. There's no way you can really tell a person's real motives. Only Mm -hmm. tell a person's real motives for what we do, why we do it. But that uh, paragraph saying that these people didn't know what they were doing reminded me of Christ at the crucifixion, where he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Many people Mm -hmm. led astray by mm-hmm. saying tricks and deceit when they mm-hmm. think they are doing right and right. They have a clue, but they, they are really right. putting all the energy and effort into it as if they are right. And we're going to see a lot more of that in the last days uh, where people are going to say they're doing right when actually they're doing the devil's work. Right. And we also know that some mm-hmm. of those at the cross, they were, they were, working for the Roman government. They were just doing their job. They didn't know one way or the other who Jesus was. They were just doing their job. Um, And so, yes, absolutely. We know that some of them are not going to know. And in fact, I remember reading a statement from Ellen White uh, in one of her writings, and she said that there are things that men uh, who are in responsible positions don't know what they're doing and they are causing the wheels of, of um, adversity to click into place. And they're not going to realize until after everything is clicked into place what part they played in that. You mean like the guy heard of uh, Floyd? Well, yeah. Yeah. He knew all that was going to happen. Right. You would have got the heck up off of him. <laughs> Clicking the wheels right. of history into motion. Mhm, mhm, and um, she's at the bottom of of a paragraph. Well, in the middle, I guess. Paragraph three thirty point three. She talks about this one individual. She was wise in her own opinion, constantly looking back and referring to an old experience that she had, and she was exalted in her own eyes. And she had received a degree of light in the past, so she had become lifted up. And because of that, she thought she had sufficient light and knowledge to instruct the whole body. But, you know, the thing about God is he is a constantly moving God and he's constantly revealing more light. If we are willing to walk in the light that we have, he doesn't waste it on people who, you know, he reveals light to and they turn the other way and go somewhere else. But he's constantly ready to reveal more light as we walk in the light that we have. And so this lady had received a little bit of light, but apparently she had not continued to walk in that light and so she did not receive further light but she thought that she was you know the be all end all know all and um says her faith was scattered and disconnected and many of her ideas of truth were erroneous yet she was egotistical and righteous in her own estimation she wanted to instruct but she was not willing to be taught she despised instruction and she cast behind her the teachings of God through his servants. And so um, 
she was dealing with all these different personalities in, in, in Northern Wisconsin. And then she ended that paragraph with saying that everyone that exalted himself shall be abased and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So um, this particular person, I guess there was just, she couldn't, couldn't be reached because she had exalted herself. So, and let's see, we got about, we just got about a few more minutes. So was there anything else in this uh, chapter that anyone wanted to bring out? Dealing with that lady reminds me of a scripture that says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Not because knowledge wasn't, wasn't available, it's because they rejected knowledge. And so this lady who had a high estimation of herself, she was unwilling to even receive any more instruction, any more light. And so we have to be humble God says, humble yourself before the hand of the almighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. This one was trying to exalt herself instead of allowing God to raise her up and put her in position. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then I just want to cover a couple of more things and then we'll close out. Uh, at paragraph 332.2, uh, kind of in the middle of that paragraph, she says that Jesus and the holy angels are bringing up and uniting God's people into one faith, that they may all have one mind and one judgment. And while they are being brought into the unity of the faith to see eye to eye upon the solemn, important truths for this time, Satan is at work to oppose their advancement, but Jesus is at work through his instruments to gather and unite. Satan works through his instruments to scatter and divide. So, um, it is just a question of which one are we going to be? Are we going to be gathered with God's people or are we going to scatter with Satan's people? And she says in the next paragraph, God is now testing and proving his people. Character is being developed. Angels are weighing moral worth and keeping a faithful record of all the acts of the children of men. Among God's professed people are corrupt hearts, but they will be tested and proved. That God who reads the hearts of everyone will bring to light hidden thoughts of darkness where they are often least suspected. That stumbling blocks which have hindered the progress of truth may, may be removed. And God have a clean and holy people to declare his statutes and his judgments. And so um, God, even though Satan is working to counteract truth and to scatter and divide, God is working and and we know that ultimately that God will end this thing and he will end this thing with a holy and righteous people. Yeah, I thought this was a little farther down, right at the end of 333.1. Uh -huh. And it says, no greater delusion can deceive the human mind than that which leads men to indulge a self-confident spirit, to believe that they are right and in the light when they are drawing away mm. from God's people and their church light is darkness. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that's really saying something, isn't it? That if you're standing in a dark room, but you think that you know where you are and where you can lead other people, it's like the blind leading the blind. You know, that brings up an interesting thought you just mentioned about if you're standing in the dark, if you stand in the dark long enough, your eyes get accustomed to it. 
And then you tell people around you, oh, I can see fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something. That. You still Isn't that something? Start. Yeah. <laughs> and in keeping with that, down at the bottom of paragraph 333, she says, God will open the eyes of honest souls to understand the cruel work of those who scatter and divide. And he will mark those who cause divisions that every honest one may escape from Satan's snare. So basically she's saying that he's going to open the eyes of those who are truly trying to follow Christ and the truth so that they will be able to see those people that Mm -hmm. are not following Christ so that, that we do not, you know, lend our influence and our, and our loyalty to them. And then this, I just want to bring out this last point and then we'll close. Um, she was talking about Elder K, and this is down in paragraph 335.1. And she said basically that he had a view of, of sanctification. He, she said it was a, um, how, do, how did they put this? Um, it was a view of sanctification, basically different than that of the Bible. And that this view of sanctification was a very pretty looking theory. It whitewashes over poor souls who were in darkness and error and pride. And it gives them an appearance of being good Christians and of professing holiness when their hearts are corrupt. It is a peace and safety theory, which we hear a lot of that when we, when we watch some of this stuff on TV, some of these uh, <coughs> mega churches, uh, uh, the pastors over these mega churches, she says it is a peace and safety theory which does not bring to light evil and reprove and rebuke wrong. It heals the hurt of the daughter of God's people slightly, crying peace, peace, when there is no peace. Men and women of corrupt hearts throw around them the garb of sanctification and are looked upon as examples to the flock when they are, in fact, Satan's agents used by him to allure and deceive honest souls into a bypath that they may not feel the force and importance of the solemn truths proclaimed by the third angel. And so, um, and so basically, you know, there were a lot of different things that she took issue with, with the church in Northern Wisconsin and, 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 and these false theories, um, which I guess basically she's saying that this false theory of sanctification cloaked those who, were not willing to um, humble themselves, you know, pray, seek God's face, and turn from their evil ways. They 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 developed this theory of okay, well, I don't have to turn from my evil ways because you know everything is peace and safety, so I don't have to be worried about the judgment. I don't have to worry about that, so I can just continue on my my merry way on the broad path, and I'm good. Any comments on that? Okay, I think that um, we're going to close out here. There was some more under this, under this, under this uh, chapter, but we're going to go ahead and close out here because we have to get ready for the next uh, session with this camp meeting session. So um, we're going to go ahead and close out. Percy, would you give us a word of prayer closing out? Sure. Father God, Lord, we just want to take a moment right now just to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to open up your word, to study uh, through the leading and guiding of the Lord, your sister, Sister White, Lord, as she has deemed the lesser light who, whose identity is to lead us and help us to have a better understanding of the, the true light, which is you, Lord. 
So, Father, as we continue to study, as we continue to grow, we ask, Father, that our minds, our hearts will be equipped, Lord, with the true message of God, that as the Holy Spirit directs and orders our steps, Father, that we will walk accordingly, that we will find ourselves not walking in that path, Lord, of those who are so caught up within themselves, Lord, that they fail to see the true light of Jesus Christ. So bless us, Lord, as we go through the rest of this day, the rest of this Sabbath, Lord. We thank you for all the precious word that has been spoken. We thank you for all the meat that has been received, Lord. And we ask that as we go on to the next session, Lord, we will have a greater understanding, Lord, of where it stands as we as people unite as one, Lord, to overcome this this racism, Lord, and all the uh, derogatory things that are happening in the world today. So, Lord, bless us. Keep us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Uh, Lee, you want to uh, tell us where we'll be studying next week? Yeah, we're going to finish chapter 25 about the shaking. We were halfway through. So we'll just okay. the other half of that. And that's in the book Testimonies for the Church. No, so that's the last day events. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Last day events. Uh, what chapter uh, again, Lee? Chapter 25. We're in the second half of that. So make okay. it and come ready right to discuss. Okay. All right. Okay. okay well, wait a minute, Karen, before you go off. So if anybody out there who don't have the books, you can get the LNG White app. And I think it's app two. It's a blue app, but it's LNG White app. And you can go to the app store and you can get it free. And all you have to do is look up the book and it's called last day events and you can mm-hmm. up and you have it correct and and that also contains the book that um we studied today testimonies for the church uh we're in volume one all right guys have a blessed rest of your sabbath all right see y'all later and you too okay bye, all right bye. Bye-bye.